0: this is section one hundred and eighteen of mark twain speaking this librivox recording is in the public domain dinner speech lord mayor's dinner for the savage club mansion house london june twenty ninth nineteen o seven read by john greenman i don't make speeches as i have no time to prepare them i have been so busy since i landed in england trying to rehabilitate my character about that ascot cup, that I have had no time to prepare a speech. I do assure you that I am not so dishonest as I look. I began years and years ago to frame for myself a moral constitution that would impress the world i was not so honest then as i am now but i was reasonably honest since that time i have done nothing that has called my honesty into question well you know how a man is influenced by his surroundings i had once an experience which i have ever used as a warning to myself and the result is I have climbed step by step to where I am now, or to where I was before the Ascot cup was stolen. You don't know the difference between the true claim to honesty, which did not exist, at the time of the experience to which I refer, and the claim of today, which does exist it all came about by an indiscretion on my part when they were passing round the hat for a collection in the city where i lived at that time it is twenty-five or thirty years ago there was a man of most noble and self-sacrificing nature father hawley he used to go into the poorer parts of the town and so got to know the people and their needs and he would raise collections for them every year when the time came round father hawley would assemble the congregation and would tell us what he had done the place was always crowded for the man had a great fascination i was there once the place was thronged and suffocatingly hot well they made a mistake that ought never to have been made you know that there are moments when you are so moved by what you hear that you want to put your hand in your pocket and give all you have if they had passed the hat round at the right moment they would have got a collection worth having you should not let the emotional feeling fall off if you want a good collection have one speaker not a hundred after father hawley had spoken for twenty minutes the house was so thrown into tears that it was the dampest place i have ever known on shore the speaker had the power of putting those vivid pictures before one we were all affected that was the moment for the hat i would have put two hundred dollars in it before he had finished i could have put in four hundred dollars i felt i could have filled out a blank check uh, with somebody else's name and dropped it in i was full of generosity but they didn't pass the hat round then they got another man to stand up and talk for another fifteen minutes well he had none of the experience of father hawley and could not move the house he cast a chill over us i felt that chill and reduced my subscription to two hundred dollars then another man got up and swept the rest of it away so i had all the four hundred dollars left and i was not in a hurry at all for them to bring round the hat The inspiration was gone. I knew human nature, and my desire to contribute, had dribbled away. When at last the hat got to me, I put in ten cents and took out twenty-five. Now it is not right to put in ten cents and take out twenty-five, I knew that, but my moral character was building, and it was a lesson to me always after that to avoid temptation and from that day to this i have preserved that lesson and have never gone into a place where they were going to lift a collection seeing mr bram stoker reminds me of the first time he brought sir henry irving to america at a dinner given to celebrate the occasion Mr. Stoker told an anecdote that has remained in my mind ever since. It was a christening by a minister. Mr. Stoker described him as a Scotch Presbyterian, but I don't know what that is. The house was full of the baby's kinfolk, and the minister was betrayed into oratory, oratory of the spread-eagle kind, which is very dangerous as it gets you into the clouds and without a parachute you cannot get down he took the child from the father the little one was about the size of a sweet potato he held it in his hands until the silence should work and then ah he said i see in your faces disparagement and why because he is little because he is little you disparage him if there was more of him you would look into his future but the great are framed out of the little the vast oak tree grows from the little acorn he may be the greatest general he may be napoleon and alexander compacted into one he may be a poet the greatest poet the world has ever seen a shakespeare a homer a shelley a keats a byron compacted into one he may sing songs that may live as long as the land he may become uh, what's his name this to the father mary ann replied the parent i am going from here in a week or two i came to get the honorary degree from oxford and i would have encompassed the seven seas for an honour like that the greatest honour that has ever fallen to my share i cannot feel too grateful to the university and to the lord curzon for conferring it upon me and I am sure my country must appreciate it, because, first and foremost, it is an honor to my country. And now I am going home again across the sea. I am in spirit young, but in the flesh old, so that it is unlikely that when I go away I shall ever see England again." but i shall ever retain the recollection of what i have experienced here in the way of generous most kindly welcomes i took in the welcome you gave me when i entered the room and i am duly grateful for it i suppose i must say good-bye and in saying good-bye i do so not with my lips but with my whole heart end of dinner speech read by john greenman